You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. In the Bible, when it said that someone walked with God, it doesn't mean that they literally took a walk with God. It generally means that they followed him in faithfulness and obedience. In this episode, we look at Enoch and Noah and how they set examples for us of walking with God in faith. Enoch was one of only two people in the Bible who never experienced death as a reward for his faithfulness. Noah acted in faith when he followed God's command to build an ark, even when he couldn't see. Both of these walked with God faithfully, and they were rewarded for that. How are we walking faithfully with God? On September 20th, 1931, it was a, an early Sunday morning, and three friends were concluding their time together. A 32-year-old C.S. Lewis, 39-year-old J.R. Tolkien, and 35-year-old Hugo Dyson. These three friends had met and were fellows and professors at the University of Oxford, and they took a walk on a path, a footpath called Addison's Walk. And Addison's Walk is a footpath on the grounds of Magdalen College, which is located at the University of Oxford. And the, the time that between these three friends had actually started at dinner the night before. And there was deep conversation. Two of them were followers of Christ, and one of them was a professing atheist. And as they continued to talk and walk in the wee hours of the morning, Tolkien finally decided that at about 3 a.m. that it was time for him to retire, while Lewis and Dyson continued on to about 4 a.m. until they finally uh, retired to their homes as well. And There's documents uh, of letters that were written after this by C.S. Lewis, who who was the atheist among them. And eventually, uh, Lewis came to a place where he made that leap of faith from atheism, a a disbelief in God, to to Christianity. And uh, in that, that time was so significant for him that eventually he wrote a a poem which was called What the Bird Said Early in the Year. And the poem was set on Addison's Walk. And this is what he wrote. He wrote, I heard in Addison's Walk a bird sing clear. This year the summer will come true. This year, this year. Winds will not strip the blossom from the apple trees. This year, nor want of rain destroy the peas. This year times nature will no more defeat you nor all the promised moments in their passing cheat you. This time they will not lead you round and back to autumn one year older by the well-worn track. This year, this year, as all these flowers foretell, we shall escape the circle and undo the spell. Often deceived, yet open once again your heart. Quick, 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 the gates are drawn apart. And to think about the fact that after having been a professed atheist to making that leap. And if you are familiar with not only Lewis's work, but also Tolkien's work, then you know that some of the themes um, within this are themes that come out in their novels, especially later on. But here these three friends were on this walk, and it was not just a walk 
for the sake of walking, but there was something that happened in that walk when they walked together. In the Old Testament, it's common for us to read about somebody who walked with God. And, and when we read that phrase, it's not necessarily a literal like they're walking down the street and God's like right next to them. Now, when it says that somebody walked with God, it was, it was this idea of having intimacy, of connection, of faithfulness, and of obedience, And as we continue today looking at this series in Hebrews 11 on faith, we're going to look at two characters who exhibited that, who exhibited faith to the world around them. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Just looking at three verses again today. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 5, reading from the New International Version. So that's what will be up on the screen. If you have a a device, um, you should be able to scroll to the New International Version. But Hebrews 11, 5, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith." Two characters here. The first one, who's Enoch. And Enoch is the great, 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 great grandson of Adam. And he's the great, great, great grandfather of Noah. So here he is kind of sandwiched between. And um, although little is mentioned of him in the Bible, there are a couple of things that we know about him. If we look at Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, it says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. I have a hard enough time living 365 days. So like, this Enoch walked faithfully with God and then he was no more because God took him away. And so there's really two things that we see about Enoch, you know, other than the fact that he lived long and had lots of sons and daughters, that uh, he was taken away and he walked faithfully with God. You know, the text says he was taken away. It's interpreted by us and by scholars that, that it means that he didn't die, that, that he didn't experience death. And this was a reward for his faithfulness. There's only two people in all of Scripture that we know had this experience. Enoch here, and then if we look at Second Kings, Elijah is the other one who didn't experience death. And it was an, a, a reward for living faithfully. But the other thing that it says about Enoch is that he walked faithfully with God. You know, Enoch didn't sit faithfully with God. He he didn't stand faithfully with God. He walked faithfully with God. And since we started this series a few weeks ago, we have talked multiple times about the fact that faith is belief in action. You know, belief is not enough. There needs to be something behind it. 
Belief has to have hands and feet to go out and, and begin to operate in that place of faith because faith is only faith when belief moves to action. And so by the end of this series, I, I hope that everyone has that embedded deeply in, in their brains that, that faith is something that doesn't just sit or stand, but it walks, it moves. And that's what we see with Enoch here. This idea of walking with God, it, it indicates that there is intimacy there. I mean, think about the last time that, that you went on a walk with somebody. Um, you know, hey, We've all had awkward walks in our lives, right? Or maybe it's just me, but um, I, there are some of those. But, but some of my favorite walks are with people who I love. And, and if you've ever walked, uh, you know, I grew up in New England, loved the, the, the greenery and the fall because of the, the leaves um, and would often walk through the woods. And if you've ever gone on a hike and walked through the woods, you know that there are some times when the path is, is wide, and you can walk side by side and, and you feel that intimacy, that closeness with a person. And then there's sometimes that maybe the path kind of gets a little bit narrower and you've got to follow behind. And you don't want to get lost, especially if, if the person in front of you is the one who, who knows the way. I think in a similar way, our walk of faith is like that. There are times that, that we'll feel like, hey, the, the, the path here, it's wide enough that I can walk with God and, and I can feel like there's intimacy there, there's connection there. But then there's other times where we feel like, man, these trees are closing in on me. I'm barely keeping up to the one in front of me and I'm gonna do my best to make sure that I keep him in sight. And sometimes we may feel like we're straying behind. That's the walk of faith. It's, it's not all like, you know, frolicking in the fields and saying like, hey, this is great. Sometimes it's that narrow, dark wooded path that we're on. But are we continuing to walk in closeness and in intimacy and in obedience and in faithfulness with God? You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, it says in Genesis that God was walking in the cool of the day and maybe even though we don't necessarily know this, maybe Adam and Eve had walked with him prior to that. But at that moment when God is walking with them, there's something wrong because they're not there with him. What are they doing? They're hiding. You know, they're hiding. Why? Because they disobeyed God and all of a sudden they know that they're, they're naked and they're ashamed, and, and so they hide themselves. The thing is, if we are walking with God, we don't have to be ashamed. Even if we've not followed the path as straight as we need to, we don't have to feel like we need to run away and hide. Because if we are walking with God, there's no shame and there's no reason to hide. We're walking in faith with him. And by walking with God, Enoch, he pleased God. And that's what the writer of Hebrews tells us. He also tells us that without faith, we cannot please God. Again, the difference between belief and faith is that belief is, is a mental assent. And we can say, okay, I believe, but are, are we moving? Is that belief moving? The only way that we can please God is when that belief becomes faith. 
and that we begin to do the things that God's called us to. We can't please God without faith. Pleasing God requires action on our part. You know, we can't say either, like, I, I want to please God and then not do as he says. And it's like saying, and Jesus has a parable about that, two sons. You know, one son who says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what my father tells me. I'm going to tell him, hey, I'm going to do what you want, and then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to walk away. And then another son who says, hey, I'm not going to do what my father told me to do, but even though I said I wouldn't, I actually do it. You know, which one was the one who was obedient? Not the one who said he would be obedient, the one who was obedient. And in the same way, our faith is obedience. It's following after God. Most of what God calls us to do requires us to step out in faith requires us to to take that step into the unknown and that's where I think Noah comes in. In Noah it says he was warned of unseen things. If we look back to the account of Noah in Genesis, we we would be reminded that it had never rained before. And one of my favorite, I grew up, you know, besides all the stuff that's happened in recent years, I grew up having listened to Bill Cosby and some of his humor. I mean, obviously, he, he's got a lot of issues now, but like some of what he said was really funny, and he had this whole thing on Noah. If you haven't heard it before, I, I highly encourage you to listen to that part. Um, but I remember it so vividly too and I think about it every time that I read that story and I think about the fact that like what was it like for Noah to just be there minding his own business all of a sudden God appears to you says hey I want you to be, build this really big boat um, because it's going to rain and you're like what's, what's rain? Like it's never rained before and so you think about the fact that you know the story of Noah happens in Genesis, right? Like we have 65 other books of the Bible after that, right? And, and Noah didn't really have any of that. He didn't have God, the word of God like written, but he also didn't have the word of God incarnate in Jesus Christ for him to have said, oh yeah, I have faith in that or I have faith in that. He was believing that this God who came to him and told him about this weird stuff rain and about becoming ridiculed by your neighbors uh, that it was going to be okay to, to, to be obedient to what he's being called to. I think like I don't know what I would have done. I don't know that I, I would have said yeah bring it on like I'm going to build this huge boat. I'm going to think about stinky animals in there two by two I'm going to think about being on there for a long time. But Moses was obedient to God. God told him that he was going to destroy the earth and that he wanted him to build this ark. And, and sorry, Noah did it. I always do this. I always confuse Noah and Moses just name-wise. But Noah, listen to what God said. I'm going to build this ark because I'm going to trust that what God is saying is true. And the Bible tells us that Noah was righteous and that he was blameless. Genesis 6, 9 tells us Noah was righteous and blameless and he walked faithfully with God. 
He didn't have a Bible, like I said. He didn't have Jesus as a picture of what obedience would look like. And so the question is, what is God calling us to do? How is he calling us to walk with him? What acts of faith is he calling us into? Acts of faith that'll cause us to step out and walk with him. And the world was condemned, and it says in the Bible that, that Noah became an heir. You know, what, what is an heir? Somebody who inherits something. Usually, it's inheriting something that's not their own. You know, when my parents died, my brother and I became heirs of all that they had. My dad was a pastor, so they didn't have a ton, but um, they had stuff that became ours, not because we had earned that, not because we had worked for it, but because my parents said, hey, we want to give this to you. You are our heirs. And in much the same way that that happened with my parents, God says to us that we, I want you to be my heirs my heirs of righteousness, not because you've earned it, not because you've done something, but because in my grace, I want you to have this. You're gonna be the beneficiary of this. God looked at Noah, he saw his righteousness, he saw his faithfulness, and he said, I'm going to make you my heir of righteousness. And in his faith, Noah inherited the righteousness of God. Noah didn't inherit his own righteousness. It was something that God had given him, not by any action on his own. When we walk in faith, we walk into the unknown, much like Enoch and Noah did. Enoch followed God and walked faithfully with him, although he couldn't see. And Noah followed God's commands and walked faithfully with him, even though he couldn't see and fully understand. You imagine what it was like sitting on that boat on dry land when the rain just started coming down and being like, oh, that's what he meant, right? And there he was having acted in faith and then seeing what that faith looked like. Sitting on the boat, saved from what was happening to everyone around him. How are we walking with God? And, and then how are we walking with others? If we go back to how we started, looking at these three friends, Tolkien and Dyson and Lewis, walking together. You know, what is most impressive to me in that story is the fact that these incredibly smart guys, professors at Oxford, Tolkien and Dyson, they were patient with their friend. And they let him doubt. And they let him question. Even spending time walking and talking until three and four in the morning so that he can work it out. You know, we will continue to walk in faith until we meet Jesus face to face. 
I, I am a firm believer that we're called to acts of faith over and over and over in our lives, that we don't just take this one step and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have faith that Jesus is real and that he is gonna save me, but like we're called to different steps. I, I would love to sit down and, and share over coffee with you about the different times in my life where I feel like God's called me to step out into the unknown and say, hey, all right, I'm gonna do this. But we're also called to walk with others who aren't yet there. And that's the beauty to me of what Tolkien and Dyson did, is that they walked with a friend who wasn't quite there. They didn't rush him along. They didn't say, come on, man, like it's 12 o'clock, let's go. Like eventually they had to peel off because, right, that's what you have to do. You need sleep. But they were patient with their friend, and I wonder, are we patient with those around us? You see, C.S. Lewis, years later, he wrote, now the story of Christ is simply a true myth, a myth working on us in the same way as the others, but with this tremendous difference that it really happened. And again, if you know the, the background and history of Tolkien and, Dice, of, and Lewis, that these guys were guys who had studied uh, literature, studied myths, and in some ways maybe that was the thing that, that made Lewis struggle so much was that he knew too much in some ways, right? But he, the, he eventually moved from this place of disbelief to belief and then from belief to action. C.S. Lewis would eventually go on to write some incredible works of faith like Mere Christianity, Screwtape Letters, and those works have actually helped others, I think, who have been in that place of struggle, that place of doubt, the place of not believing, to come to a place of belief. We're called to walk with God faithfully, and we're called to help others walk faithfully with God as well. But we're not called to rush them along. You know, Anytime that I'm walking fast, like there's nothing leisurely about it, right? Like I got to go to the bathroom or it's raining outside or I'm trying to get like to be first in line so that I don't have to be behind the slow person in the checkout lane, full disclosure, right? So, but are we walking in patience with other people? You know, God's time is not our time. And, and I've seen and I can tell you stories about walking with people and what God has had to do to this impatient person over the years to say, hey, it's not your time, John. It's my time. And are you going to walk faithfully with me and with other people through this process? You know, if we read on in the story of Noah, he gets off the boat, his family is saved, First thing, one of the first things he does is plant a vineyard because, right, why not? Like he makes wine out of that and he ends up drunk and naked, right? Like, so, I mean, this is how you know the Bible's true, right? Like you put it all out there. I mean, the guy's drunk and naked and his sons have to come in and cover him up. And, and I, you know, of course you're like, why is John bringing this up, right? Uh, this is actually the part of the story that makes me feel better, not because I like to be drunk and naked, but because I realize that God can even use a drunk and naked Noah, right? 
Like, God can still use him, and he still calls him faithful. He still calls him obedient. Like, he had a little sidestep there, right? Maybe it's a big sidestep. But, like, he's still faithful and obedient. And that makes me happy because I'm like, man, like Enoch, we just hear, hey, he was faithful with God. He was taken up. Man, that guy, like, he knocked it out of the park. Like Noah, he got drunk and whatever. But I'm like, he was still faithful to God, even in his misstep. And if there's anything that I want us to, to be about and remember here at the branch, it's that like God calls us and he meets us where we are. Whether we're in that place where Lewis was, whether we're in that place where Tolkien and Dyson were, or anywhere in between. Whether we're in the place where Enoch is, the place where Noah was, whatever. God meets us in that place, but he doesn't leave us there. He brings us along, even if he encounters us in our drunkenness, in our nakedness, just like he did with Adam and Eve, right? Are we going to be faithful to him knowing that his grace is sufficient for us. That when we need his grace the most, it is there. And that it is through God's kindness that we're led to a place of repentance. So what do we do with all this? Three questions. First is, how are we walking with God? Are we walking? Are we sitting? Are we standing? What are we doing? Second is, how does walking in faith look? What does it look like? What does that look like for us? Uh, Again, I'm going to keep emphasizing through this series that, that God doesn't call me to have faith like Dave or Trey or Jen or anyone else. God's calling me to act in the faith that he's given to me. God's expectations are not for me to be somebody else. And in the new year, we're going to talk about identity more. But for now, just remember that God calls me to act in faith based on what he has given to me. And so what does that look like? And then how are we walking in faith with others? Are we walking gently? Are we trying to push them along? Are we not pushing them at all? Are we saying, you know what, I ain't got time for this? What are we doing? Because walking in faith with God also involves walking in faith with other people. Are we doing that? Are we living into that? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the ways that you meet us where we are. God, you don't leave us there. And we are grateful for that. We're grateful for your grace. We're grateful for the examples of Enoch and Noah. And that God, even in the imperfection, that that God, you still called them blameless. You still called them faithful. And you still made them heirs of your righteousness. And so God, may we walk in faith with you and with others. We pray in Jesus' name. C.S. Lewis's friends walked with him as they walked faithfully with God. Their patience and example to him led him from atheism to faith and belief. How is God calling us to walk faithfully with him? How is he calling us to walk faithfully with others? Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. 
If you have any comments or questions, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, give us a review, and share with your friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.